I do believe that there is nothing better for us than to be in the Word of God on a regular basis, uh, to be transformed by these words that are on these pages. And so tonight we're going to do that. I'm going to read Psalm 98 and then share a story and then draw some thoughts out for our consideration tonight. Psalm 98 says, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of a psalm. With trumpets and the sound of a cornet, make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands, let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. For he cometh to judge the earth, with righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. Isaac was a pastor's kid. And if you are a pastor's kid, I think you would very much relate with this young man. Um, as you would imagine, for a pastor's kid, you spend a lot of time in church. Uh, it becomes kind of a second home, if you will. It just becomes an extension of the family. And so Isaac had experienced quite a bit of church. And so naturally, he had some observations. He had some thoughts on church. And one of those happened to be the singing at his church. Now, he went to his dad, who, again, was the pastor, and he told his dad, he said, Dad, look, our singing here at church has no life. There is no joy. Now, think back to these children that just came up. Man, that was a sea of children that came up here tonight. And it was so great to see, and they were thrilled to be a part of that, to be able to sing when he, Pastor Zacharias asked him about the, the away in the manger, they responded enthusiastically. There was joy there to be able to sing that. And so this is something that Isaac had said about the singing there, and I, I quote this from his writings. It says, to see the dull indifference, the negligence and thoughtless air that sits upon the faces of a whole assembly, while the psalm is upon their lips, might even tempt a charitable observer to suspect the fervency of their inward religion. What he was saying is, look, what you're singing there is, doesn't show on your face. There doesn't seem to be any joy there. Now, of course, as any good father would, he turned to his son who was making these comments about the lack of joy and life of the church congregation, and he told his son to do something about it. He said, well, why don't you do something, Isaac? Why don't you get up and you do something about it? That's exactly what Isaac did. Over the next two years, Isaac began to write poems and songs. As a matter of fact, over the next two years, they would eventually be sung at church, and one of the Christmas songs that we sing today Isaac wrote, and that song is Joy to the World. And that is the title of our study tonight, is Joy 
to the world. It's probably Isaac Watts' most famous hymn. I mean, he didn't intend it for it to be a Christmas hymn because it's really not focusing on the first coming so much so as the second coming of Jesus Christ. But the hymn celebrates that Christ's second coming and it really traces the redemption story throughout history. When you go and you consider the words and you look, you'll find a reference to the curse. You'll find the reference to the promise that God made in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve to Christ's glorious return as king of this earth. And Isaac Watts wrote that poem as a paraphrase of Psalm 98. It was in this psalm that he saw joy that he found joy. And he published this in his Psalms of David, uh, imitated under the heading of the Messiah's coming and kingdom. So here's my question for you tonight. Where do you and I find joy this Christmas? Isaac came here to Psalm 98, and for him, he wrote a beloved hymn that you and I sing today, Joy to the World. But does our heart match what's on our lips those words that come out of our mouth is that something that we are joyful about the reality is just because we are singing joy to the world or that we're in this season of Christmas joy it doesn't mean that you and I are exactly joyful we may be facing some difficulties in our life You might be facing some financial difficulties. You might be dealing with an ongoing mental or physical health issue. You may have troubles with a relationship in your life. Maybe this Christmas, uh, you're going to have an empty seat at the Christmas dinner table because of a loved one that has passed away. And for you right now, joy is hard to find. Where do you and I find joy this Christmas? Luke writes about Elizabeth and Mary meeting. Mary had gone after hearing the angel's uh, instruction. She had gone over there to spend some time with Elizabeth. And it's very curious about it because you think about it. Here is this older lady who is unexpectedly with child... And then you have this younger woman who is also unexpectedly with child. And these two meet. And when Mary comes in, she hears Mary's voice and something very special happens in that moment. Elizabeth's baby, John, still in the womb, the Bible says leaped. Elizabeth would later say, tell Mary that, Her baby leaped for joy because the Lord was there. Later on, the angels before the shepherds would tell the shepherds that they bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Where do you find joy this Christmas? Well, the answer simply is that Jesus is our joy. 
Both Elizabeth and her baby John, still in the womb, expressed joy for the Lord Jesus. The shepherds there, they experienced joy. Isaac Watts, after reading Psalm 98, he said, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And I believe if we are to find joy in this life, even in the midst of difficult, sorrowful days, we must look to Jesus Christ. We must make him room. Psalm 98, we're just going to break this down. We'll consider three verses at a time. I'll make some observations, and then we will be done. The first one here in Psalm 98, verses 1 through 3, we find joy in what Jesus has done. The psalmist here says, we're supposed to sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done what? Marvelous things. Wonderful, amazing, even miraculous things. Looking back over our lives, looking back over all human history, we see the marvelous workings of our Lord Jesus Christ, all that he has done. The psalmist said that it was his right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory, that he has rescued, that he has saved. You know, he alone was the one that wrought our salvation. No human helped him. He overcame all the challenges, the enemies, the battles, and he hath gotten us our salvation. But verse 2 says, the Lord hath made known his salvation. He hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly shown in the sight of the heathen. He has made known his salvation. He has shared the wonderful news that Jesus saves Just a few days ago, I was sitting with a group of military men and we were walking through the Christmas account. I walked them through Luke 2 and we were talking through it. And I began to share with them about God's love for them. Those young men listened intently. I could tell that some of them had some church experience but several there had none. And as they listened to the words as we read through this to hear about that good news, you could see that their hearts were moved. I want you to know something tonight. That whether you're here in this auditorium or joining by way of live stream, that God loves you. That you are not alone in this world. That you can find joy. Jesus Christ, what he has done is he has wrought for us salvation. He paid our sin debt. He was the one that went to the cross and paid the debt that you and I could never pay. And then when he rose again from the dead, he secured for us everlasting life. And for you and me tonight... All that we have to do to receive that gift of salvation is to confess our sins and believe in him. I want you to understand tonight that there is an open invitation here. He hath made his salvation known. The psalmist goes on and says he hath remembered his mercy and his truth. The word mercy there is, um, has this idea of loyal love. 
his faithful love. There's never a day that God does not love you. He knows everything about you and still he loves you. Even while we were his enemies, God demonstrated his love toward us because he gave his son to die on the cross for us. You see, he hath made known his salvation. Well, this is what Jesus has done. And we can find great joy in that. But we can also find joy in what Jesus is doing today. I know often we get very troubled by what's going on today. But look what the psalmist said about today. Verse 4, 5, and 6 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing and praise. Now many of us are very thankful, especially those of us that cannot sing. We're thankful for this because all we have to do is make a loud noise. All we got to do is be joyful. And guess what? God is pleased with that. The people next to us may not be, but the Lord God is. We're going to make a joyful noise. There's going to come a day, and if you will use your imagination just a little bit, fast forward to the time when our king has come. And you and I are in heaven. And it is far grander than any candlelight service we've ever attended, any church service, any, any moment here on this side of heaven that we've ever experienced. It is going to be grander than anything. And you and I are going to be able to enjoy all that he has for us. We'll be able to make a joyful noise to him. We're going to be able to rejoice and sing. But he wants us not to wait to do that all when we're in heaven. He wants you and me to do that now. To sing with joy. Even in those difficult and hard days. Even when you want to quit and give up. Even when you've had enough and you said, Lord, I just can't press on anymore. I want you to know the Lord is well aware of the challenges you face. He loves you. He'll give you grace. And he will even give you joy in the midst of those days. He says, sing unto the Lord with a harp, with a harp and the voice of a psalm, with trumpets and sound of corn, and make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. I look at this and say, hey, whatever you have, by whatever means, we ought to give God praise. Whether it is through singing, whether it's through our voice and just in prayer, whether it is through a musical instrument, whatever the case may be, we take what we have, we take what we can do, and we give praise. This is the wonderful thing about our God. He allows you and I to give praise by the means with what we have. And then... We find joy in what Jesus is doing today. We find joy in what Jesus has done. But I see thirdly, we find joy in what Jesus will do. Look with me at verses 7, 8, and 9. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. And I often, when I read through that, I think of going down to the Gulf Coast here, going down to Pensacola Beach. And, you know, as frustrating as it is, tomorrow is supposed to be in the 70s. Okay, you know, I saw the opening uh, video there and I saw the person shoveling snow. I'm like, oh, that'd be so nice tomorrow to wake up and shovel snow. No, it's going to be 72. 
Yep, it's going to be 72. That's Florida for you, okay? But I think of that wonderful, beautiful white sands, the roaring of the waves. And the Bible says, let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein, let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together. You see this orchestra, this choir gathering here in the psalmist's imagination, just bringing together all of creation and saying, hey, bring your noise, sea. Bring your noise, hills. Bring your noise, hands. Everybody that dwells therein, Come together, and why? Because in verse number nine, look at this. It says, before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth. With righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. There will be a just rule when our king returns. You know what he will do? He'll wipe away all our sorrows, every tear, every pain, God will wipe that away. I don't know if you've ever done that with your children. They've hurt themselves. They've fallen. And you've gone down and you've gone to their cheek where that tear is and you wipe it away. That is what our Heavenly Father will do for us someday. Someday soon he'll come in and he'll wipe away all those tears. And then we are going to be able to experience the joy of being in his presence. We're going to be able to experience the joy of him coming to rule this world.